Good morning and welcome to Inside Maine. This is Angus King and we're talking about an issue today that uh, may not be of that big an interest in Portland, but it sure is an interest throughout the rest of the state and that is rural broadband. How do we get access, fast access to the internet in the areas of Maine that aren't the larger communities. And I've got two great guests this morning. First, uh, I'm going to start with Senator John Bozeman of uh, Arkansas. Uh, John and I are good friends, and we're uh, among the founders of the Rural Broadband Caucus in the Senate, uh, along with states that you would uh, expect, Montana, North right. Dakota. Uh, uh, John, uh, you know, give me your perspective from Arkansas, why, why you're involved in this. Well, first of all, we appreciate your leadership, Angus. You've done a tremendous job. You know, you mentioned the people of Portland not being interested like some of the other areas, but the reality is when you look at climate, when you look at taking care of the environment, so much of that new technology is dependent on broadband. Our farmers are doing a great job. We have devices now that monitor the uh, amount of moisture in the soil. Uh, Pre- precision agriculture. Precision agriculture. You know, and so as a result of that, we're using much less water than we used to. We're also using much less pesticides, things like that. But again, that's dependent on uh, broadband, uh, having that, you know, being connected. So and the other piece is schools, and, schools uh, and businesses, just the vitality of the yeah. small towns. Well, simply, you're not going to survive in today's economy if you're not connected. I mean, that's, that's really the bottom line. Uh, your hospitals can't function, the small businesses. It's not uncommon, I'm sure this is in Maine, uh, to go into communities, small communities, where literally uh, you see children uh, – in the evening, you know, sitting around on a pickup or a car, you know, leeching the broadband from the school right. so they can do their homework. Right. So this is this is something that uh, well, and, is and a, a lot huge of the issue. schools are wired, but then we have the homework gap where exactly. they go home and, exactly. and they don't have the they don't have the access. So as a result, they hang around the parking lots in the evening and do their homework. You know, <laughs> yeah, so. I've seen that. Exactly. I've done it myself. No, no. As a, frankly, in a, yeah, yeah. a small town where you you can't get service, so you go up to the school and right. hang out in the parking lot. Right. Um, the other piece, and, and I, I'd be interested in, in whether you're seeing this, an issue that we're seeing in our rural rural areas is isolation. Elderly people sort of by themselves and not not being connected. Telemedicine, the opportunity to interconnect and and you know have your vital signs checked and that kind of thing. That's a that's a big deal in, in these communities. It's a huge it's a huge issue. Um, so many of our communities, our counties in Arkansas and I'm sure in Maine also are losing population. And so as a result, it's it's more difficult to get health care providers there. Things like telemedicine are going to play a huge part now and in the future even more so. So uh, this is another reason that it's so important that we have basic service. Well, I, I don't know about you, but I've been working on this for four or five years, but I'm still confused about the various programs and how they fit together. We've got Department of Agriculture. We've right. got FCC. States are being involved. I'm a little worried about this recent FCC order that seems to say if you're getting a dollar from the Department of Agriculture in a county, you don't get any of the FCC money. Right. Is that is that a concern? No, it is a concern. And, and we need to sit down and just uh, – and, and perhaps the Rural Broadband Caucus – uh, can, can coordinate it, but we need to sit down hey, with everybody. A, why and, don't we get a, uh, yeah. the idea and, and get yeah, Chairman yeah. Pye up here to talk about this? Yeah, exactly. You know, just sit with him, small group, uh, 
the chairman, the commissioners, whatever, uh, and then visit about how we coordinate these things. Because the good thing is, because of a lot of efforts like yours, uh, you know, leading the way, uh, we really are making headway as far as providing funding, but there does need to be some coordination. What we don't want to do is just throw dollars at this. Uh, we passed the uh, the ag bill had a record number of votes, and uh, and that know, had a like a it, I don't remember a five or tenfold increase in exactly broadband you know, lots, funding. Lots of good broadband because as we talked earlier, it's so vital uh, for rural America. For them, uh, you know, a lot of them work in town. You know, you need those jobs, but also you do need the precision agriculture that's so dependent on the uh, being wired. Well, I've always thought this was the rural electrification of the 20, I agree, totally. 21st century. I mean, and our co-ops have you know, gotten in, involved, and, and uh, you know, that didn't really happen totally until in, well into the 1950s. So yeah. it wasn't that long ago. But, but this, this is the this is the second coming yeah, of that exactly of that right. issue, and and right. uh, we, it's got to be a combination of private sector, local. Now right. we've had some interesting things going on in Maine, where we've had towns pay for the broadband backbone into the town as if it was a road, uh, and and it's a long term asset. They can bond for it, uh, and then they have competition to use the the signal that comes through into the town. But that right. that's the kind there's a lot of that kind of creativity going right. on. And they'll be you know, we're in the process of reauthorizing the uh the uh highway transportation trust fund bill. Right. You can't think in terms just of roads, railroads and runways anymore, the three R's. Broadband is an integral part of development. Well the other thing that's that yeah, and this is totally different is water. You know, water infrastructure is so important because it's wearing out there uh, so many of our communities of age have the original pipes almost. Right. So, but we have to broaden. You know, we got to get away from the three R's. I think we're doing a good job of doing that. But uh, well, I, I I'll commit to you if you'll commit to me that we're going to raise hell if the infrastructure bill ultimately doesn't have broadband in it. No, I think it's, I think that's it, that's got to be part of, yeah, of yeah. as you say the just like roads and and bridges. You're exactly right. Certainly the the reauthorization, and then you know if we're if we can come together and, and figure out a way to pay for additional infrastructure, it just simply has to be a part of that. Yeah, that paying part is hard. <laughs> yeah, <it's laughs> Everybody easy, can agree that we got to make, build. Easy to make plans and, and this yeah. and that, but the paying part. You mentioned something uh, as we were visiting earlier, uh, and I know you're going to talk to the, the commissioner later on, but, but also we've got to understand the problem before we can solve it. So our mapping is a problem, and the good news is everybody realizes that also. But uh, the maps that we have that that really show where we're deficient and and you know and where we're good, they simply don't match up with with well, and the that, reality that, of the world. That's the problem. They you'll have a map that says there are one or two people in this county that have broadband, and therefore the county's okay. Exactly, and and it, it may be a very minimum level that that yeah. might have. You know, well, that, and, and what worries ago, me, the FCC just issued a big order that's about this $20 billion that's going to be spent over the, in the next 10 years on this problem. But they don't – It's I don't think it's based on good data. It's sort of ready, fire, aim. I'd rather spend a little more time aiming so that we're sure that we know exactly, as you say, where the problem is. 
No, I, I agree totally. And, and to their credit, I think our commissioners are doing a good job of – they realize that. You know, well, they're, they're certainly focused to, on the problem. Exactly. And, and, and they realize that is a big part of the problem is not knowing exactly where the problem is. Uh, but uh, we just need to work together and, and, and uh, make sure that Congress is aligned with the commission – and that all of these different entities that are working hard, whether it's our co-ops that are starting to get involved, uh, that we're all supporting each other in, in the effort. Yeah, it's the it's the coordination that bothers me. As I yes. say, it's there's a, it's, it's a sort of a patchwork at this right. point. Um, we, you and I, jumped into the details of this pretty quickly, but let's go back. Uh, you know, why do we care? I mean, I just think it's so important to emphasize. For example, no business is going to move to a, to a town that doesn't have broadband. Again, I don't know about Arkansas, but we're having a growth in Maine of people who work at home. Uh, you know, sort of a dispersed call center, if you will. Uh, LL Bean does this, and some of our big insurance companies do this, and it's very successful. But it, it won't work unless that home worker has broadband. Right. Uh, so it's an economic issue. It's a social issue. It's a health issue. I mean, I, you're seeing the same thing in Arkansas. Very much so. You know, our yeah, rural America is under attack in the sense that because of mechanization in the farm industry and things like that, uh, uh, we're losing significant population in our counties. As you do that, then you start losing turnback dollars and things like that, and you start this downward cycle. Right. Uh, but if you don't have broadband, if you, you know, it's, it, it would be equivalent now to not having water infrastructure, you know, or a road. It just doesn't work. Not to mention, nobody, no young person is going to buy a house if the realtor says, "Sorry, but you can never have right. broadband." Right, and I mean, it is amazing. Uh, sadly, I know in many parts of Arkansas, many parts of uh, of Maine, you know, uh, most of America, in, in the sense of you know the rural America, it's just not there. I mean, it's it's not. Not well, well, you, needy. We, it's just not there. Well, we know. were talking about the data, and and I saw one set of data that said there are something like 17 million Americans don't have access, and then I saw others that said it's 162 million. Yeah, that's a pretty big, yeah. big gap. Uh, big gap. I mean, it's, it's somewhere in between is a lot of people. And, and that's another reason that we really do need good information uh, as we go forward, so that as we as a Congress, allocate a lot of dollars towards solving the problem. You know, if you've got that kind of information, 17 versus, you know, you know, five times, you know, know, how do you do that? So, uh, well, I love what you said earlier that before you solve a problem, you've got to identify it. Yeah, exactly. You've you got to have the definition. So that's definitely something that we're working on. Well, you and I are going to keep after this. Uh, we've got a lot of I, – I think this is a totally bipartisan issue. Oh, very much no, so. I, yeah. There's no partisan difference no. on this. It's just a question of how to make it work in terms no, of the you, details. You're exactly right. And, you know, we hear a lot about uh, – People not getting along up here and this and that. And, you know, we have some of that. But but really, these kind of issues, infrastructure issues, there really is a lot of uh, a lot of work. We passed the, the highway reauthorization bill out of committee, out of Environment Public Works, uh, a week or two ago. That was a unanimous vote. That's, we got to figure know, out how to pay the, for it. But the, that was a unanimous vote. Folks in Maine, when I talk to about what's going on down here, they, 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 the problem is, John, they never hear about that. Right. Right. All they hear about is the fighting. Right. And these things, you know, when you talk about broadband, you talk about the transportation issue, that's 40% of the average state's budget as far as their their infrastructure. 
And so these are things that, that they're not glamorous, but they truly are the underpinning of our country, the underpinning of our economy. Yeah, and if we don't get it right, we're going to fall behind it. We're not right. We, we, we're we're in a competition. I mean, there's no but I like your that. idea, you know, about uh, let's let's do think about uh, uh, through the broad rural broadband caucus. Let's think about getting a, the a stakeholders together. Exactly, getting the stakeholders together and uh, really making sure that we're all uh, coordinated. You know, and on the same page as we move forward. Yeah, there's a lot of want to to get this done, and uh, and we need to involve the states. You know, they're they're sure. the people on the ground. I mean, it's, it's easy for us to make decisions here, and, and certainly, you know, nobody's more connected than you, and I, and I think I am too, in the sense of going home and being out and about in these places. But we really do need to to visit with the state. I go home to Maine also. every weekend, except one weekend a year when I go to Stuttgart, Arkansas, to go duck hunting. <laughs> and we love to have you there spending money. And <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you ducks. do. I'm sure you do. It's the only place in the world where I saw a sign for a jewelry store that said "free shotgun with engagement ring." I mean, I'm not making that up, John. No, no, that's that's exactly right. <laughs> and then going to the coon supper. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Angus's comment about the coon supper was that. Uh, it was remarkable how little coon you needed to, <laughs> right. to feed so many people. So many people yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I won't. No more. No more stories on that. Uh, John, uh, thank you so much for taking the time and for your engagement in this. And let's let's uh, let's follow up and and uh, try to pull a, a little roundtable together and no. see if we can't uh, shake some trees here. No, I, I agree totally. And and then again, uh, you mentioned Portland. You know our larger cities, Little Rock, uh, places like that. This really is important to the overall economy of the state. I mean, this this is huge. Well, so it's not it, just you know, it's right. not just it, rural it, America. I mean, it affects uh, from a climate standpoint. You know, making things cleaner. You know, work more efficiently. And uh, you in a in a in Portland or Little Rock, you may have broadband, but a lot of those kids may not have access to it. No, that's right. That's another so problem. It, so it's it's not like exactly the problem right. solved. You can walk away. There's there's still that that right. homework issue. And the affordability issue, and and that's that's got to be part of it right. too. And also for your, you know, for industry in the high tech area, you've got to have you know the super high speed stuff and at affordable rate and things like that for our larger communities to flourish. Also, well, we're so. going to keep at it, John Bozeman, Senator from Arkansas. Thanks very much for taking the time. Thank you. We appreciate you. And again, thanks for your leadership in this area. We'll keep at it, man. Thank you. Stay with us on Inside Maine. We're going to take a quick break and come back with a member of the Federal Communications Commission, which is the key agency dealing with the issues of broadband. Uh, Stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Inside Maine. This is Angus King. Today we're talking about an issue that is of really profound importance in our state and across the country, broadband, particularly broadband in rural areas where it's tough to get. Uh, we just had a, a great conversation with John Bozeman, one of my colleagues, Republican senator from Arkansas. He and I have been working together for four or five years on this issue. We formed the the Rural Broadband Caucus here in the Senate. Uh, and we tried to talk about 
a what's why this is so important and and b what we can do to to remedy the problem we talked about issues of funding the complications of various federal programs how the states might be involved and now i want to welcome jessica rosenworcel who is a member of the federal communications commission but she's also uh, one of the uh uh, godfathers isn't the right word. Godmothers, uh, 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 progenitors. I'm I'm running out of words here. Uh, of of uh, on this issue, particularly the E-rate program, uh, which goes back into the late '90s, and the work of my predecessor, Olympia Snow, along with uh, Senator Jay Rockefeller, of West Virginia. Give us a little history of that commissioner, and then we'll get into the broadband piece. Sure, Senator, and thank you for having me. E-rate is the nation's largest education technology program. It sends billions of dollars to schools and libraries nationwide, including millions to Maine every oh, sure. year. The Maine School and Library Network is, is, is crucial. Terrific. And it's amazing because it was in the late 90s that Congress created it. I mean, maybe you remember the late 90s? <laughs> it, you know, like I internet service. I remember because service. I was governor at the time, right, and I internet, remember what an important program it was. And internet service then was like that buzz and the hiss on the line. I mean, I right. had an AOL account then, and that was oh, yeah. the new thing. And Congress saw really clearly back in the late 90s that internet access was essential for our schools, our libraries, and our future. It was really ahead of things. And this program, the Federal Communications Commission runs and has run for decades now, helps every school and every library in this country get connected to the Internet. Now, today, that Internet needs to be broadband. It needs to be really high capacity right. and high speed so that communities get a fair shot at 21st century success. Well, let's jump from that to broadband. And uh, I, I, you visited Maine. You and I remember we went to a farm and oh. we talked with people up there. Uh, we went to a high-tech company. But uh, there's just no doubt that without ample broadband access, we're, we're, we're dead. I mean, a, a small town isn't going to be able to ultimately compete or for, for either businesses or people. You're absolutely right. This is the infrastructure challenge of the 21st century, and it's particularly acute in rural areas. we got to figure out how to bring it there. Well, and, and it, it may be worth it, and John and I didn't get to talk about this, but it's very analogous to rural electrification. The, the reason it's, not, it's a problem in rural areas is the houses are too far apart to make economic sense for the private sector companies. I mean, that's what it boils down to. There's not enough population density. So economically, they would rather serve places where, you know, houses are close together and you have concentrated. And, and that's that's really the issue. And that's why we have to figure out ways to augment. Uh, the uh, Private enterprise isn't going to solve the problem. I think the private sector is the first uh, first line of defense. Let's see how far we can push that. But then we're going to have to figure out how to stimulate it and create public policies to make sure it goes even further. And like you said, it's just like with rural electrification in the 30s and 40s. Yeah, and, and in that case, it was the, the, the electric companies didn't want to serve these farms, these scattered out farms. So yeah. they created – Franklin D. Roosevelt created the co-ops. We still have we still have some of those in Maine, and I think they have some in Arkansas. Oh, absolutely. Because if you remember the 30s, the cities were supercharged. Everyone had electricity. There was radio. There were cars. But on the farms, you couldn't turn on the lights. Right. And all of the electricity companies said, well, it's too expensive. The people are too far apart. We can't afford to do this. And so the government did some things in the Rural Electrification Act. First, we mapped where electricity was and wasn't, so we understood it. And then Isn't we decided. That a novel I know. Idea. And then we decided 
to figure out how to start funding it and setting up cooperatives to deploy it to those areas that were beyond the easy reach of the private sector. Well, let's uh, let's talk about the map issue because that, that really concerns me. The FCC, as you mentioned, is going to be basically uh, distributing a lot of money over the next 10 years uh, according to the maps, according to where they believe the need is. But my concern is that those maps may not be accurate. And and uh, I would rather take a little more time uh, and get the maps right before we start uh, sending out the funds. Well, here, here, I completely agree with you. Um, the good news is the FCC is focused on broadband and bringing broadband to rural America. The bad news is we really don't have the data we need to do that well. And I think it all comes back to having maps. Mm -hmm. We should know with as much granular detail as possible where service is and is not in this country. So then we can take our scarce federal resources and deploy them to the right places. Well, I've seen maps on on plain old cellular service where I know damn well it's not. Of course. You know, well, that's one <laughs> of these I things. I drive through right? and I lose the signal. So um, when I visit my family in New England, too, I could tell you with pinpoint accuracy on what part of the road I lose bars on my phone. Right. And so it occurs to me, why are we trying to do this just in Washington? Why don't we work with the states? Why don't we work with consumers and develop challenge processes? So we say, here's our maps, but you tell us what you know on the ground because you know more than we do. How do well, we crowdsource? Well, if John Bozeman and I set up a roundtable and invite the commission, will you come? Oh, my gosh, absolutely. And I think crowdsourcing is part of the solution because the best broadband map isn't going to be built in Washington. It's going to be built by all of us. Well, that's, uh, I, I really think that's an important part of this. Now, the other, the other piece that uh, John and I talked about was the, the sort of complexity, the overlapping. There's Department of Agriculture program, which is great. There's, there's state programs. There's the the E-rate, there's the federal funding that we're talking about. Um, give me a, 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 a broadband 101 on how this all fits together. Well, I think you nailed it from the start there, which is that we've got a lot of programs, a lot of energy, but they don't all coordinate. The Department of Agriculture through the Rural Utility Service has been running a lot of programs for broadband that help rural communities. The FCC has programs specifically for schools, for libraries, for rural telemedicine, and also for broadband providers serving rural communities. Our states are doing some really innovative things. The I state know. of Maine has a wonderful yeah. setup, and, and they've got a 10-year plan, and they're going to put some state money behind it. Yeah, and um, Peggy Schaefer, who runs Connect Maine, is a total dynamo. But here's the thing. we got to figure out how all of those programs work together. Because if they work together, those dollars that we're putting towards this are going to go farther. So it's a it's a, a coordination function, and, and part of the problem is that nobody's in charge. I think we've divided up responsibility in ways where nobody bears ultimate responsibility. And that was true in the last administration. It's true in this one. But the problem's growing bigger over time, and rural America is at greater risk of being left behind. Well, that's what I was going to say. The the, the the problems are are growing on the ground, yeah. Uh, because every day, I mean, you heard me talking about. I mean, I think for a rural state, a real opportunity are people that can work at home uh, instead of persuading Amazon to build a big building and go through tax breaks and all that kind of thing. Hire three hundred people scattered out in the rural areas, but if you don't have the broadband, it isn't going to work. Absolutely. 
and and it limits the options of people. But this is people people like living in rural areas where there's not traffic and they have access to the out of doors and all of that. But they've got to also be able to make a living, and that's 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 the secret of that's the exciting thing about broadband is it 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 doesn't eliminate, but it it severely undercuts the the uh, the idea that you have to move to the big city to get yeah. a good job. And also, if you grew up in a rural area and you know in your heart you want to return, you're only going to be able to return there if you have some of these amenities that you've knew, known in other parts of the country. And broadband's definitely one of those well, things. Well, and, and uh, another part of it is age. Young people, uh, you know, it's it's no new observation that we're losing young people, uh, particularly in, in rural areas, going to more urban areas. And uh, I don't think there are very many young people who are going to buy a house in a community where the realtor says, I'm sorry, you'll never be able to get broadband. I think that's true. Across the board. Well, okay. We've talked about data. We've talked about uh, the importance. Something that you've really led on and John and I touched on was the, is the homework gap. Talk right. to me about that. You know, this conversation about broadband, it's great for infrastructure wonks. But I think we have to make an effort to make it real for everyone. And I think the clearest demonstration of what the digital divide looks like is what I call the homework gap. Because when I was growing up, you know, I, I need paper, a pencil, and my brother leaving me alone to do homework. <laughs> and definitely that third thing was the hardest. But now you need internet. Seven in 10 teachers assign homework that requires internet access. But all the FCC data show that one in three households do not subscribe. And so there are millions of kids in every state all across the country who don't have access to the internet and can't do their schoolwork. And this goes beyond the rural issue. Yeah. These are people in places where there is internet available, but it's it's too expensive. That's absolutely right. And you know, in a time when we talk about all these issues that divide us, this is a problem that's uniform throughout the country. We've got rural communities that don't have service deployed. We've got urban communities where people can't afford it. This problem is something that unites us, and I really feel like it should be the focus for fixing our digital divide and addressing this problem. Well, it's it's uh, as you say, it's become an essential part of education and. Uh, I, I worry about the about a kid who, you know, you you uh, you power up in school because you've got a good network, and then you power down when you go home. Yeah. So we got to find a way. I mean, I'm just we've got to find a way to fix this. And there's definitely some ideas out there. We've seen Wi-Fi put on school buses, which helps a lot in rural communities because students spend a lot of time on school buses mm -hmm. going to and from school, so they can turn that ride time into connected time for homework. And also, I'm starting to explore what I would call the Homework Gap Trust Fund, and that the FCC auctions off lots of airwaves for wireless service. We raise billions in revenue. Yeah, and I think and, people, by yeah. the way, I should, let me stop you there, because people are hearing about all these billions of dollars. These aren't taxes. No. These are, this is, the, the public owns the airwaves. You auction it off, and that's the money that then goes into these programs. And so then maybe we could take some of that revenue and set it aside so that every school in this country could loan out wireless hotspots so every student could do their homework. What if every school library could loan them out? We did uh, We did a program like that in Maine. In fact, I went to a tiny little town library in, in Washington County, Maine, where they had these little hotspot devices that the kids could check out from the library. Exactly. And so imagine if we had those in every school library across the country— we could virtually eliminate the homework gap overnight. Now, I got to say, though, I'm sure there are a lot of parents listening who say, yeah, we've got access, but boy, do our kids waste a lot of time on on 
other social media and other things that aren't educational, that's a separate issue. Uh, that uh, our, We dealt with that in, in my house. We had a rule, no computers behind closed doors. Oh, my gosh. We have it in my house, too. Look, I'm not just a professional on these technical issues. I'm a parent, too. Mm-hmm. And there's definitely technology out there that is empowering, but not all of it is enriching. Right. We're going to have to figure out how to create a level of digital savvy in the next generation. But I'm convinced having access is where it starts. Well, and, and uh, you know, when I was a kid, you didn't teach people – you didn't not teach people to read because they were going to read comic books. Right. I mean, you you, you got to give them these basic tools, but then it's up to the educational system and parents to control it so that it's used in a productive way. I mean, there's nothing more powerful than being able to do, you know, uh, original research on the Civil War – the Battle of Gettysburg and get the all the data that's available out there. But it's also destructive if you're on social media and people are bullying and, and that kind of thing. So that's that's a that's a separate issue, but it's one that I think those of us who advocate for this technology have to acknowledge. Absolutely. We live in a digital world. You cannot segregate yourself off from all of those new technologies and all of those new platforms. So it is on us to figure out how to teach the next generation to be smart with them. Uh where does the FCC stand? You've you've issued an order. Is that the final order? Is there room for discussion? Is there uh, there possibility? What do you think of the idea that Senator Bozeman and I cooked up live on radio that we ought to call you guys in and have a discussion? About I love this? it. I love the thinking out loud. I think this issue should be totally bipartisan. We need good data. And then we need to figure out where to fund deployment. And I think it's maps before money and data before deployment has to be the way to go. I think that's a good uh, that's a good that's a good place to start. Well, um, it's fun to to uh, see you again. And uh, we had an initiative in Maine, or still have it actually, where uh, every seventh and eighth grader has a laptop computer. That couldn't have happened but for the the wiring that took place two or three years before that project started. It, it was it was built on the work that, that you did uh, back in the late 90s. So I want to thank you for that and uh, I look forward to continuing to work on this. Now, let's see. What is it? It's it's uh, data before deployment and maps. Bef- maps before money. I got it. Okay. I'm I making it alliterative. I'm trying a, to make it that's memorable. A, Easy. That's a, that's a good uh, motto. Well, Jessica Rosenworcel, thank you so much for the work that you're doing. Thank you for joining us. And uh, uh, this isn't going to be the end of this conversation. Thank you, Senator. And thank you for joining us on Inside Maine. Uh, stick, stick around with us uh, for future broadcasts. But think about how we can work together to solve the broadband gap in the state of Maine.